0: Monday Monday. Monday, 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 Monday.
3: The
2: Monday. Blahs are here because it's raining like crazy out there. Uh, Even man. our clothes, look, we're all like gray, yeah, listen,
3: black,
4: I, like I, blah I, colors. I, yeah, I, I have a
3: different take on it. It's <laughs> much not
4: brighter snowing. dressed on Fridays it's than not, Mondays. It's not snowing. That's let, true. I, so, I, let, mm. let me give my...
3: <sighs> you want
1: know to hit it? Is?
4: I don't even man. know what that is bro. <laughs> <What> is <it>? <laughs> <laughs> Inhaler. Yeah, it's it's like it wasn't nothing. I wasn't vaping. That's Last just... week
0: Tybus comes in sick. Now G comes in sick. Hey, man, get, yeah,
4: what, what, what do you have? What's what's the deal? Asthma is not contagious. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's cool. Asthma not. Cont- if, if I pass out, don't mean you gonna pass out. That was in my lungs. <laughs> <laughs> so my t- should so we, so we keep doing lifestyle. the show if you <laughs> pass out or should we wake you up? Um, or? Um, we'll, call, we'll call authorities. Yeah, know, exactly. Get 911 over. Well, here. you know my wife got a, a homing device on me. <laughs> That's true. Heart rate. Like if my heart rate go below a certain she'll rate. She'll be here. She'll just show up yeah. out by that curtain. That's true. And <laughs> if it goes
2: above a certain rate, she'll oh, show up. She, yeah, she still shows
1: up. Yeah. <laughs> I got to, G-Bush, real quick. This is totally off top of it. You just hit the memory. Uh, when I was in Texas, we had breaking news that day. And our director had a stroke at 5.59 right before, like a seizure, not a stroke, sorry, a seizure. And she had seizures all the time, and she would just kind of snap out of it. I don't remember what she had, Mary Jeanette, but she was just going to seizures. So one minute before we go on air, she starts seizuring, and no one else in the booth, we just didn't know how to do it. So Jay O'Brien, our anchor, ran back, said, the show must go on, and steps over Mary Jeanette having a seizure in the control room, punches himself up on camera, goes back out, reads the breaking news, tosses to break, and then we came back and helped her out. But we had to
4: get the breaking news on the air.
1: Come so, on. G, if you wow. pass out, if you pass out, the show goes on.
4: <laughs> I, I, I was Ohio um, Center for Broadcasting back in the day. We used to have a guy named Jim Glass. Um, he was, like, I think he was a producer for, like, Big Chuck and Little John, right? Okay. And he used to tell us, the 6 o'clock news starts at 5.45. What time do you need to be there? I'm like, I mean, he says 6. He's like, no, 5.45. The, he, he would say, like the six o'clock news, it doesn't get canceled for anything. It no. will go on. They will yes. find a replacement. You're going to step over someone having a seizure. That's like, the- do, like, do they have any rundown notes for you, Jay? If you mm. were to get trampled by a Stampede at a Shriner Circus, do they have somebody filling in for you? They could grab anybody. I mean,
2: they really could. But you add lib a lot, don't you? I add lib everything. Yeah. But most people, most
0: news people, don't ad lib. They right? just let right. you
4: freestyle it.
0: Freestyling,
4: baby. Yeah,
0: that comes
2: with 36 years in the chair.
4: So you're the Jay Z
2: of of, of six o'clock news. I prefer I prefer the Eminem. Honestly, (laughs) (laughs) nice compliment for Jay. And I don't watch the
0: news that much, to be honest, but. I could tell that you ad lib versus most news people who it's obvious they're. I reading.
2: don't want to sound like I'm reading to you. Right. There's a reason we read children bedtime stories yeah. when we want them to fall asleep. Right. Because the boring cadence and rhythm of reading of the prompting. puts them to sleep. Of I mean, the prompt. So I don't want to do Some that. Some of these things news, that these cheesy news reporters laugh
0: about, like the, <laughs> the can laugh. Stern laughs. last week. Let me tell the story oh, real quick. Stern was, kills. Local Stern news. last week was so telling the story. Apparently, this I I didn't know. This there's some town in Michigan called Hell, Michigan. L hell hell H E L L. L. I can believe that. And it was freezing cold there. Which okay, it's Michigan. I'm sure it's always freezing cold. So it's cold cold as hell. Yeah. So. He played like five different clips of different news reporters making a hell freezing over joke Oh okay. And then making fun of these people because it was so cheesy. Yeah, that's about By the way, work. I do have a funny seizure story if I haven't told them. Oh, I haven't told my you funny. funny seizure. A, story. a funny story. seizure story. Oh, they're yes. funny that's kind of oxymoronic. Story? It happened to me, so I can say it's <laughs> funny. Okay, yeah, okay. okay. And okay, right. okay. So right, I'm here, fine. i I did have three seizures when I was younger, one at 13, one at 18, and one at 23. Wow. I was on medication until 3 years ago, and now I'm medication-free. And, Hopefully, seizure. You for don't need it, it anymore, life. I guess. I don't. Wow. Uh, my doctor for years thought I would. It was the type of, of uh, epilepsy that I would grow out of. A lot right. of kids do. Just I was scared to go off the medication after I had my 23 year old seizure. But years, 20 years, some odd years later, I finally went off and I feel great. Right. But so that's good. But funny story. My last seizure. I was 23 years old. My buddy Howie. Uh, if we ever, if we ever do shout that, out to Howie. Shout out to Howie Lane. <laughs> Wherever you at. My <laughs> pal. He might be watching. So Howie and I were, those were during my degenerate days, my heavy degenerate days. Yeah. The heaviest. Gambling. We were gambling, drinking, doing other things we shouldn't have been doing. Sure. Drinking, smoking straight west coast. No, I wasn't smoking. My friend, he was a major pothead. Not me, though. I never smoked (laughs) pot. Uh, So anyway, we were out playing poker with our buddies. And by the way, I was also in the best shape of my life. Like I was like 190 pounds. I I was feeling good with the ladies. I was doing good. So this is crazy. This is a crazy story. We played poker. We left the poker table. It must have been midnight. We played it. It was a friend's house we would always go to. We're driving home. We see these two good-looking girls around our age at a bus stop, okay? And we picked them up from our car. How insane is that, by the way?
2: Wouldn't happen today.
0: Never happened today. Yeah. These girls were insane to get in the car with us. You're right. Luckily, we were nice guys. We didn't do anything on Anyway, they came back to my friend's house, Howie, Howie's house. We hung with them, we were drinking, we were having a good time. Okay, my friend Howie ends up in the room with one of the girls, I'm in the living room with the other girl. Okay, That's... everything's going well. Oh, no. Next thing I know, it's oh, a few God. hours later, I'm on the ground, buck ass naked. Having a seizure. Well, the seizure was already over. <laughs> oh my God. So as my friend Howie tells the story, he's making out with the one girl in the bedroom all of a sudden he hears, I, I don't remember any of this, he hears the girl I'm with screaming bloody murder and he thinks, oh my God, what is going on? The two of them come running out. and you're I'm having a seizure. A seizure. The two girls run out of the
2: house. <laughs> Never to be seen again. Never to be seen again. I was fine. That is a funny thing. And the only the reason my
4: friend Howie knew what to do is because he had a dog who had seizures. Wow. If you listen to Baby Bull out there, there's a there's a lesson in everything your father says. Baby Bull's not listening right there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he uh, better not be. He's on the Xbox. Don't pick nobody again. up on the side of the road. Sick. Again. Oh man. Yeah. Don't don't take him back to the spot. <laughs> and if you do have any sort of epileptic fits, please call nine one one.
2: You know it's crazy?
4: Stun silent. <laughs> you know, now a
2: lot of the cameras, have uh, houses have cameras in them oh, in case a burglar. I wish I had Could that. Could you on imagine video. if that was on video? I
0: want to see what happened. I would love to know. Like, I
2: the
1: girl begin? Off? What's that? Did you shake your clothes off?
0: No, you know what? I, I said I was buck ass <laughs> naked, but now that I think about it, I don't think I was actually. Yeah, he had T-shirt naked.
4: and socks all. Was this, I
0: still had some clothes on? Because we weren't. We hadn't gotten that far yet. We would, I think, had just started making she out. She probably thought, "Damn, this guy's <laughs> really
2: getting
4: excited." Bull, bull was in there setting the mood with his T-shirt, no pants yeah. on, socks. The Ooh. high white. I probably was she wearing probably the like, high white socks. Bro, is come. this part of your game? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing right now? Bull over there curled up in the corner, talking about, "Come get me." He lost Allegedly. me. He lost and, me. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, hey, how's the diet going? First of
0: all. Did you weigh yourself? I weighed myself. Was uh, the only reason? Normally, I wait wait a week. right I only did four <laughs> days because my dietitian guy's wanted crazy. to know where I was this morning because he feels like the first chunk of weight loss is quick. Is is quick, and he just kind of wants. <laughs> it was even quicker than I thought. In four days, yeah, I lost twelve pounds. Wow, wow. that's wow. wow. incredible, boy. That's crazy. That's a long, you know. I, wow. Yeah, I couldn't believe it, right, Mike? I was stunned when I was. I well was there. He proud. was
1: he was shocked. He looked at me back in the gym and goes, "Well, I think I've had like." 4,000
2: calories
0: day, Thursday, roughly That'll do it. May, maybe 3,800. And that might
2: have been your daily intake. So it's almost like a right. three-day yeah. fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. That's, yeah. Now keep the momentum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay positive. You've got good. it this time. How's your hunger, your cravings? I feel, I'm not even hungry right now. So I is, it, had, is that because you think the shot's working?
0: I think the shot's working. That's definitely part of it. Because I, yesterday for breakfast, I had lettuce, cucumber, and a can of sardines and water. Mixed it up, okay? That Sounds like
2: a
1: prison
0: to me. Sounds awful. Uh, yeah. And three quarters of the way, I was like, "This said to my life, man, I'm kind of full. I can't finish this. Sardines, lettuce, and cucumber. That's the thing. Normally, whole I would have been like ready to eat my hand. I would have been so hungry. So, so what
2: chemical that the body releases when you're full to tell yourself that food's disgusting? You know yeah. how it is. After a big meal, if you think about eating that meal again, you can right. almost vomit. Whatever chemical that is that the body naturally produces to tell you, oh, cowboy, you've had enough." Yeah. that must be what they're doing with these shots, and it's I just guess. incredible. That I know healthy.
0: it is. I mean, so again, it's only a few days. Right. Fingers crossed it stick. But so far, like this morning, I did. I had lettuce with a little bit of cucumber. A little bit, no, no cucumber this morning. A little bit of carrots, very little, and some radishes in there. You'll likely
2: lose twenty pounds. And this then way. I had
0: some turkey tenderloin, like four ounces of turkey tenderloin with it. And, and you're feeling it. and I feel full. full. Good. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Uh, Bulls bet. We got Bulls yep. bet of the day. How hey, go Ohio. Bad. I dropped Friday. two in a row. I'm down to five and four. Not good.
1: Mm. But it's a hot week. He's lost weight. We're going to start winning you guys money, too. <laughs> <Yes>. Because <laughs> like bet Rivers idea. Online Sportsbook is the place to be for every single game. Now is the perfect time to join mm-hmm. bet Rivers Sportsbook. When you is. use deposit code SPORTS, you'll receive a second chance bet up to $500. You can get in on all the action with weekly specials on your favorite sports like basketball, hockey, baseball, and more. And you can win big. Check out betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. And I'm excited to finally officially announce
0: the official return of my podcast, The Bullpen with Adam the Bull, one week from today as part of the Bet Rivers podcast network. So, awesome. so one that, week from today back on. Excited. That is coming
2: back. Very good. Yes.
0: All right, this <laughs> bet I love. Now, we're not going to know if I want it for a while, but here we go. Today's bet, this is a lock unless he gets hurt, but something I can't control. I know you'll love this one, Jay. Jose Ramirez over twenty nine and a half home runs. Last week we talked about a higher number than that, didn't we? Yeah, well, yeah more was, than he hit last year, which was 30, right. He had twenty nine last 29? year. Twenty nine.
1: He had twenty nine last year. Take the over. So here's Take the, the thing:
0: if you look at Jose Ramirez the last five years, he's had in last year he had twenty nine, but he played the second half of the season injured. Two of those other years he hit more than thirty. The only other two years he hit less than twenty nine was the was the 2020 season, which was a 60-game season, where he was way on pace for right. well over 20, uh, well over 30 home runs. The only other season he didn't hit 30 was the one year. Remember, he missed those five weeks late in the season. He had that one injury. Yes. And that year he had like 24. So he was again. So in the last five years, if it were not for injury and a lockout, he would have had 30 every year. Mm. Uh, I, by the way, I'll throw in a little bonus. I think Jose Ramirez is going to go 30-30 this year.
2: I do too. I think he's going to really take advantage of the uh, of the uh, bit larger bases. Larger bases. I, know, I was going to save this for
0: later, but let me mention it real quick. I was thinking about this over the weekend with this pitch clock. We learned the rules, we'll get into that later. But here's one big advantage with the pitch clock for the runners is there's only a certain amount of times you could you could stop the clock by throwing the first base. Right. Twice so, a What's that? Bat. Bat. Right. So, a good base runner if you get, if they throw it over twice, you're going on the third. You're one. and you're going when especially if the clock is running down, because you know
2: he can't throw over. He can't throw. Right. I, that's the problem that I have with the rule. Right, I, I, out. you could pitch out. You're wasting a but pitch, we, and we rarely but, see pitch outs these days. Well, you'll see a
0: lot more you'll now. You'll see more, but but with the smaller bases, the pitch clock, and and the shift is a huge advantage for Jose. Because how many times has he lined out? to the second baseman many, playing short
2: right field. Many. One of the things that we'll see strategically from the pitchers is they won't throw over on that second time. Well, that's probably true. They won't. Yes. So now it's kind of a cat and mouse game, just, right. you know, whether or not the, the runner thinks he's going to waste that last right. throw over right. per the at-bat. But yeah. these, these, are, these aren't these are small changes. No. I watched some baseball this We're weekend. We're going to get to it. This is yeah. a get to it. fundamental change in the Huge. game. I it, like so it. So far is working, and we'll talk, like you yes. said, yeah, yeah. much more about yeah. that. Uh, We're also going to talk top first basements. We got to number five on Friday, and then we had to stop. We're going to talk about the Cavs. I think we saw their floor and their ceiling in two days. Yes, Mm -hmm. we did. Uh, And there's a wide gap between the two. Also, um, let's start with the Cleveland Browns, because I I was a little, I don't want to say disappointed, but I think maybe surprised, because you didn't think that the Browns would go after Bates. But according to an ESPN free agent predictor, they have, as the Browns, Biggest free agent move, signing the Bengals' free agent safety, Jesse Bates. And I want to start with you because obviously you know this player better than anyone being a Bengals fan. If that's the big move that they make in free agency, I I, I think that's a miss. Well, it's a miss only
0: if they... uh, It doesn't address their biggest needs. Right. Now, maybe they... I was going to say it's only a miss if... The only way it's not a miss is if they trade for a defensive tackle and a wide receiver Mm -hmm. so maybe maybe they go that way if that's their biggest veteran pickup now let me get make this very clear jesse bates is an excellent football player he will make the browns better he's better than any safety the browns have had in as long as i can remember
5: if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast
0: But I don't think that's, I don't think that's an urgent need for
2: them. I wonder if Schwartz thinks it is. after well, I, looking I, at every single play, it's a we all22s, which I'm sure he's done. Yeah, it's a weird thing because in a
0: way, I was like, oh, if Jesse Bates is their biggest addition, that's not good. On the other hand, if Jesse Bates is on the Browns, I'm not going to say it's a bad move because he's a really good player, knows the division, knows one of your rivals, always healthy young player in his prime like there's a lot of good things about jesse bates except i don't think it's it's a pressing need for the browns right. compared
2: to other things that's why i would be just a little disappointed right not in the addition of bates mm-hmm. clearly an upgrade in the back of our defense yeah. clearly right. but to your point it's we've got two if it's red a flashing and lights thing. and they're not safety if they add a good defensive
0: tackle a good wide receiver and jesse bates between free agency and trade home run all good okay yeah. But if Jesse Bates is the only big target they go after, I don't not because he's not good enough, just because that's not shouldn't be the priority in my opinion, Brad? Well,
3: listen, we got a lot, we have a lot of holes. <laughs> we do. We got a lot of holes, right? So uh, safety is one. Uh, I'm still more concerned about the D line, right, and yes. then the receiver piece, right, because you got a Watson, you got to give Watson some tools to work with. So I'm hopeful that they're working on something with Watson, but. The D-line is a major concern to me, right? right? Because if I don't shore that up,
4: what difference is it? What
3: difference is it? I got yeah. in the backfield 20 yards down the, down the field.
2: G. Bush, it, I, I've always looked at the position safety. It's like the most aptly named position of all of football players because it is the safety net. It, it can hide a lot of the defense's deficiencies. And from that, I think that if you think back to all those busts that we had last year, ultimately a really good safety that saw it happening in real time can cover for that. Where are you on the addition of, of Jesse Bates? And does <clears> that, <throat> that does
4: that placate what you're looking for? Um, no, uh, Jesse Bates is a good football player. If the Browns was like, oh, we need like one piece away. We need, you know, maybe you didn't have strong corners. Maybe you feel like he could be <gasps> a, a security blanket in the back. But the reality of it is, listen, safeties ain't supposed to be doing all that much like there's a reason why you don't have Hall of Fame safeties every week because safeties usually <laughs> the Hall of Fame ones usually could do two things. They can cover, they freelance a lot, and they can they have range and can tackle. So when you look at, uh, you know, safeties that, that are in the league now, they don't even actually to do too much. Remember Greg Williams had uh, uh, Pepper's playing in the parking lot. He <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: 15 yards 15. off the line of scrimmage. I know, now, now Bates
0: does a lot for a safety. He is very involved. He's involved in the run game. He's, he's got been. good cover skills. Good cover. I mean, he's he's a tri- – again, I don't, think any, I don't think any of us would have a problem in a vacuum of Jesse Bates being on the Browns. Right. No. You'd but. all be happy to have him. But when we talk about there is a salary cap. Right. You know, there's ways around it. But it's not like the Browns are where they've been for many years, way under it. So, Jesse Bates is going to cost – Probably fifteen million a year. Give me. Like, I, I just don't see how they can spend well, that kind if, of money. You, in that position. Somebody,
4: look, there's going to be a casualty here. If you're looking yes, at Bates for the Browns, somebody. If you, you want to look at Bates, uh, that's not the guy I want. to What's you. Johnson make? Twelve. Okay, so it's almost a wash. It's a
1: wash, there. But area. I
2: don't think you can get out of all of his money. I, no, you,
0: you probably can't. You, you can. save
1: nine point three. Okay. Cut John Johnson. The, well, I
2: think the writing's on the wall for yeah. JJ Bates. Then. Is
0: obviously an upgrade over
2: Johnson. Right, and the, the, if it costs you only six million. In right. reality, that's
0: right.
4: the
2: difference.
0: Right, right. But, but if they
2: spend that money instead of spending it on D tackle or
0: wide right. right receiver, yeah, that's, that's where, where we'll
4: have I, to be. I, I, yeah, I, I, I actually think there's a problem with that, too. You, I, we miss a linebacker.
3: I forgot like, about that. We didn't even talk we, about we, that. We, didn't
4: yeah. talk, we didn't talk about linebacker. I, listen, Bobby Wagner is available. I'm taking Bobby Wagner 12 times over Jesse Bates. He's he's up there, though, Bull. He is 32. Let
2: me ask you this. Of all the positions on the defensive side, because that was your area of specialty, which one is it easiest to coach up? Which position group? Um, Because I, I had someone tell me it's linebacker, and if that's true, then Schwartz could have the biggest impact on the pieces we already have. I think the pieces we have at linebacker are workable. I do. We've seen it in Taki Taki. We definitely have seen it with JOK. We haven't seen it consistently, and oftentimes that's coaching. So if that, that is true, and I want your opinion, if the linebacking core is the easiest group to coach up,
4: Schwartz could have the biggest impact there with the pieces we already have, no? You could coach somebody up, but it all depends on awareness. For me, linebacker is a field. Like it's a, it's be a linebacker instinct. instinct it's like a point guard. You could, you could coach a point guard up, right? But at the end of the day, to a degree, to a degree. Mm-hmm. That's a what degree. I'm saying. And to a degree because the point guard is Someone, the, is the feel. You got to have an instinct. And, and it's feel. like, okay, what do I need to get to mm. get us in? That's and so, and, and so when you have that feel as a linebacker, and one thing that quote Jackson talks about is when I watch some of these linebackers and Phillips, he says, yo, I don't know if they read keys. What are they doing? I, they don't have the feel for the position. There's some plays where you see guys just completely, you know. I'm like, what are you looking at? You, what are your, what are your uh, landmarks? Where's your eyes at? For me, I like Bobby Wagner because, first of all, he can play. He, well, that's it, a
0: one-year contract,
4: though. It, well, listen, it, it, you he had a good year still last year. He was the best linebacker, according to Pro Football Focus, 90, 90 grade on uh, as far as the linebackers, the best in the league. Now. Here's the thing. I would rather have him and walkers. If you get Walker back, that's only a one-year deal, too. Would you rather have Bobby Wagner coming off a great year last year healthy? Or would you have to have one who have Walker who's coming off an injury to his knee? Phillips is coming off an injury. JOK is coming off an injury. Taki Taki is coming off an injury and Walker. So you got to think about it and they're going to be trying to install a brand new defense. So these guys ain't gonna be playing in OTAs. They you, you offer injury. They're gonna be doing walkthroughs and things like that. I like Wagner now Jesse Bates. I take him too. if it's part of another grand scheme. I need another grand scheme. And and, and we haven't even talked about the defense tackles the receivers. Um, if they're gonna make these, we will probably talk about the coaching in here in a second. But it looks like they these guys are doing everything possible to make Deshaun Watson comfortable. Finish the job. Finish your breakfast big homie. Go get them receivers. And then we could go ahead and, and start putting stuff in place. All right. We'll find out.
2: I mean, one way or another, they've, they've got to make some moves in free agency. I was no hoping doubt. like you, I was hoping that would be a wide receiver or a defensive yeah. tackle. But there are other avenues of, of uh, acquiring talent. You can do it in trade. Sure. And at this point, I almost think for D tackle, I would, I'm fine with trade. I don't want to do it through the draft anymore because we've proven that
0: no, we're getting that takes two sets when we
2: do it that way. Plus, defensive
0: tackles just take time to develop. They do. So our rookies So maybe not, some of these... For the most part. And rookies just... So, another rookie, I just see the odds of a defensive tackle, the Browns draft in the second round, even if he ends up being a good player, being an impactful player in year one Nil. as a second-round pick is almost nothing. Yeah. Not and, that. and,
2: you know, Schwartz can coach that group up, too. Right. You know, so we'll see what happens. Right. Uh, on we that know
1: run. he can coach DTs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's had great success with
2: is, interior yeah. defensive linemen. So, from that standpoint, right. he's got a great track record there. Now, he's had much better talent to work with. Sure. And Dominic and Sue, he didn't need much coaching up. Uh, nor did any of the other pro Bowl talent that he has coached on the de- on the inside of the defensive line. I right. will say
0: in, in in Brown's defense potentially of Jesse Bates being their biggest free agent signing I don't in terms of the defensive tackles, the only guys better talent wise than Jesse Bates or of that caliber are not going to be free agents like we've talked about Deron yep. Payne he's just going right. to franchise him. none of the wide receivers available in free agency at the moment are. Of the caliber of Jesse Bates. Right. right. So Now, they may end up being by by cuts or whatever. But right now, like Juju Smith-Schuster and um, what's his name? DJ Shark. What's the guy? The guy who's uh, the Packers' leading receiver this year? Um, Valdez. Not Geronimo Allison. Valdez Gantley, I think. is Alan Lazard? No. Alan Lazard. 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 Like, those are nice players. And I actually, I think Alan Lazard could be an interesting guy for the Browns. Right. Um, Low speed, though. What's that?
1: No speed No,
0: design. I hear you, but whatever. I you know, some, sometimes sometimes at, at some point if you can't get a speed guy, go Hunter Renfro played with I, I like Watson I like all that. Clemson. Give me that Hunter
4: Renfro and give me a McCollough.
0: But Nicole none Harman. of those guys are frontline wide receivers no. at no, this point. No,
2: but Renfro Won a national yep. championship with Deshaun Watson at Clemson. Yes. and And there's great chemistry. Come on back. And when I watched him at Clemson, I thought he was going to be West well, the next Wes Welker. Well, he I did. had a good year Undersized, two years ago. He did. He had a great year two years ago. And then ago. this year he was well. Hurt think think just, of what was going on, disaster. though, in Vegas this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nothing was normal. Yeah. Now, uh, let's talk about the coaches because I, I was somewhat surprised to see that instead of going out and hiring an additional quarterbacks coach, they just added that duty to def- offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt. Mm-hmm. Is that. I, I, it feels a bit unconventional to me. They did that
0: in 20 and 21. So this is the third. Alex Van Pelt was the offensive coordinator and the quarterback coach in Stefanski's first two years. He when, was. He was. So they just had quarterback coach last year? That just was last it. year. I didn't know that. Petzick had been the tight end coach. They moved him to quarterback coach. They did add an offensive coach. A, uh, uh, a veteran
2: Bill offensive coach. Bill Musgrave. Bill but, Musgrave. But what was analyst. Title? Is it analyst. Analyst. Those are always interesting to me because it's typically when you wanna bring a guy in and have his brain, but you don't wanna rattle everybody on the staff and give them a whistle. So I I, I don't know exactly how that's gonna work. My thought is just speculation that maybe
0: Musgrave will have some of Alex Van Pelt's OC duties.
2: I don't know. And that's so... That, that, I we, mean, listen, we'll probably never know because well, they're not going right. to be transparent about that. But well, though, they
1: did, Mary Kay did give us a little insight in the article. I'm not sure if you guys...
2: As to how it's supposed to work in theory. And theoretically, like, yes. So we talked about the situation in Tennessee where Schwartz was brought in. It was the exact yeah. same situation. They had a young defensive coordinator mm-hmm. who needed help. So what did they do? They brought in Schwartz as an advisor. Right. And though he wasn't on the field every day during practice, he was the eye in the sky right. that was helping formulate the defensive strategy. And I'm sure he was a threat there to the young D.C. Right. And now that he's gone in here in Cleveland, that now the young D.C. can spread his wings and fly. Uh, right, those, I so, wonder if that's what's going on here with Musgrave in right. the offense. It feels
0: like Musgrave is going to help Stavansky more with the game plan. Feels that's just like my it. feeling.
2: And Alex Van
4: Pelt could focus on the quarterback. What they're doing right now, see, this is brilliant. Is that a gentleman's demotion? No. <laughs> this, th- this is a, a gentleman's succession plan. Ugh. These, okay. these yeah. see, they good. What what really got Hugh Jackson up out of here? Hugh Jackson was going along with the plan, and Todd Haley came in, right? Now the problem is, you know how it is. Think about it like this. Think about we getting, we right, rock, we're rocking and rolling, right? We got our show panel, we got everybody in UCSS going. We got our regulars. And then, the, and the suit say, "Now nah, we need somebody to come stir up something, bro. We gotta get, bring somebody from outside. Bring them on in. Now we have been doing this show for three years. Everybody knows what that means. You know what, right? Yeah. You, like so now he's sitting over there. Yeah. Bull and Jay ain't letting them talk none. They just like no steamroll. McNug, McNuggets, <laughs> McNuggets ain't putting no graphics up. He's like, hey, bring that back. He's yeah. like no, nah, i ain't bringing nothing back. You should have been watching. <laughs> yeah. the, the point was, the point is, Jeez. they surrounding the they 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 closing the in a circle. So if anything go wrong, yeah, we all in the we in the room. You know what it is. Ain't gonna be no backstabbing. Ain't gonna be. No You're nothing. not wrong, G. we're circling. Right. The, no new, no new quarterback coaches. None of that. We're mm-hmm. gonna get. We going we'll get somebody I trust from outside. Yeah, okay. he gonna be a person that's my eyes and ears in the streets. Okay, so he can come back and give me a little raven. Right, send me an owl. And it, With the note, he said, "Yeah, I got eyes and ears everywhere. This is what the people saying. This is what the, how they run it on different teams. He, Musgrave's been in like ten different teams. He could go and figure it out. And now, if they start off slow,
2: uh-huh.
4: guess what? It's, it's only gone. us in this room. Yep, it's only
2: us. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. And you, you've seen it in pro yeah. sports. You're right. We've seen it in this business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And." It, it just That's seems it a little works. odd. Whenever they use that term, yeah,
4: consultant, advisor, raise eyebrows. I would just call it
2: coaching waiting? But right. the difference is, you're saying
0: you're saying Stefanski's doing this. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's right, bringing right, in okay. Musgrave, someone he's, he's close worked with right, and right, familiar right, with. Right. He but,
1: worked for Musgrave in Minnesota. Right, right,
0: and they've got a working relationship. As
4: opposed to when they brought Haley, and that was a Haslam thing. There right, you go. Right. See, sure. he's the hand of the king right? you do right. The hand the hand will tell you that's your guy. Listen, bro, right. We can't do it like that. But the people crazy out there. These fans is what He'll tell you. That's what right. you know somebody he to don't cover do. your back, right? Yeah. somebody. Cheap I said
3: somebody I trust. They
2: did and what what Haslam created there was a, a real life game of survivor, right? Yeah, he put yeah. these three alphas in the room <laughs> yeah. because remember Greg Williams was on that staff right, right, right. Oh. and for a while. What really turned turned me survivors. off on the whole organization is when we had Greg Williams and uh, Freddie. No, who was the OC? Uh, you you just mentioned him. It's Todd Haley. Uh, yeah, Haley. Yeah. You had you oh, had yeah. Todd Haley and Greg Williams picking over the live carcass of Hugh Jackson while he's still there. I know. Yeah, they were fighting to see. Well, is it going to be? Am I going to right. right. get the job or are you going to get the job? Neither of them. There, did. Were, uh, there was a time where they were fighting in practice. The yeah. two of them. Yes, that's crazy. Yell- shouting, yelling audibly. Remember and that's on, when we were on Hard Knocks. Remember, so the whole world got to see it. Remember that
0: the coaches meeting where Hugh Jackson's like, I'm driving the bus. I mean, that was so <laughs> awkward. <laughs> it was awkward. Oh was my awkward. God.
4: Was that uh, that year they went to fight? They just put, they, they went to go fight in Indianapolis. They just, yeah, that was. They're just like, that yeah, was. we just go fight. Yeah. I was like, how do you mm-hmm. take your stuff just to go to a fight? It that was, was it. determined. That was it. That, was it. that wasn't, that
2: wasn't a joint workout. No, that was, was, that was yeah. a boxing match. Indy just didn't know about it when it started. <laughs> All right, uh, we're thrilled right now to bring in, really, when you think about it, one of the most successful Cleveland Browns uh, in team history. Yeah. I mean, what's the, idea, what's the idea of football? To score points, right? Yeah. Nobody did that more than Phil Dawson. I, I did. Let me, let me tell you this about
0: Phil Dawson. So, I about five, six years ago on the radio, we, we for an hour, took phone calls. If you had to buy one Browns jersey since 99, who would you get? And Phil Dawson was second behind only Joe Thomas. Because they knew he was going to yeah. be around. Now that's a, when you that's buy a, a great jersey, thing because Phil was great, but also a little sad because
2: yeah, but they knew he no was be here. Like he's he's too, he's too good and too valuable to move. Fans love so, him. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the problem with the Browns is we all have this. We have forty-five jerseys in our
4: closet that we wore for one year, right, <laughs> or no, two years. No, no succession. He's just like just one, a bunch of one-offs. But I will say he's one of the he's one of the most famous Browns what because he was great. And he was here a long time. He was. Yeah.
2: Now he's the uh, head coach of. Uh, it's a high school in 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 Texas, right? In
1: Texas, correct. Austin Hyde Park. Yeah, there, there
2: he is. is, Phil. The great uh-huh. Phil Dawson. No U turns. No U turns here. How are you, Phil? Great to see you, man.
6: How are y'all doing? Good. good We're well. Good. Fantastic. Hey,
2: one of the things that we've talked about for the last four months on the show is it's the the, the sport is football, whether anyone likes it or not. Kicking decides. A large percentage of the games why is it that every single team doesn't have not not a special teams coach but a kicking specialist to help these guys golf pro golfers tiger woods for crying out loud has a a swing coach why isn't it with so much riding on the results every team doesn't have a kicking specialist on staff
6: man that's that's a great question uh In my humble opinion, I think there's probably about three humans on planet Earth that I would trust to send my kicker to to learn. So there may just not be enough guys around that understand uh, what is required to kick a ball. And, you know, one size does not fit all. So even if there were enough guys to go around, you kind of got to figure out uh what is required to get the job done in the city where you kick and so it really gets that specific I mean in golf you hear about it a lot certain kinds of guys play better on certain kinds of grasses or in certain kinds of environments so there's a lot of uh, nuance and detail to it and you know to answer your question I just don't think there's enough humans on planet earth that even know enough to uh, be a valuable asset to kickers Wow
0: Phil you would be one of those few human beings on earth that could help kickers' have. <laughs> You know, I know a couple of years ago, you were on my radio show with me and Dustin. You were, you were at Berea. We had your training camp, and it was great talking to you. And you gave us such good insight into, you know, what it takes to be a successful kicker in Cleveland because it's very hard. It's one of the hardest places, if not the hardest place, to be a good kicker. Nobody else has really done it besides you at all, not with any consistency. We, we drafted a kid this past year. He was a high draft pick, uh, and he struggled. Uh, he made some long kicks but then he missed some makeable ones. Has he or the Browns reached out to you at all to have you help him? I mean, are you not have the time or how does that work?
6: No, I I don't think, uh, no one's reached out. Uh, and to be honest, uh, if I was a young guy, especially a draft pick, you know, I didn't have that luxury. Uh, I was just fighting and scratching to, uh, keep a job week to week. And maybe there's something to that, to be honest. But, uh, if I was a young draft pick, I don't know if I'd want the old bald guy around telling me what to do or, I would. or giving me tips. So let's just all take a breath and give it yep. a little time uh, to learn these things out. You know, I, I tell people I was in year 14 and uh, got a lot of credit for having the stadium figured out. And, and uh, while that felt good, I mean, it, I was faking it till I make it, man. I mean, each <laughs> week was a new challenge. Every kick was a new kick. And just because you made one before didn't necessarily mean that you were more prepared for the next one. So it's a it's an incredibly difficult job. If there were more than 32 world class kickers on planet Earth, I don't think you'd see the turnover uh, throughout the league year in year out. So I think yeah. everybody just needs to relax and uh, let let Cade work and let him get used to things, let him get better, and and uh, we'll see where we end up. That's a great
0: point. We we always had in the past. There was more patience with kickers than there is now, right? Is, is that fair fill or no? Yeah, I got
6: lucky. I mean, it was an expansion team when I got in there, and yeah. and uh, there was so much turmoil. I think probably I was able to hide in the weeds a little bit as they were focusing on all the other positions, and I was able to kind of grow into the job. and And once things started to settle down a little bit. Uh, I was able to start getting better and, and get the job done, but I had a lot of good people around me, and I think that's an aspect of this that uh, doesn't get talked about very much. Uh, you know, your battery, the snap, and the hold, the protection, everything kind of has to work together. and And, uh, and let's be honest, sometimes you got to get lucky, and and uh, that ball just has to somehow find its way between those yellow posts. And before you know it, you got a little momentum at your back.
3: Hey, Phil, let me ask you a question. What what do you think Cade is what – is, what, is, what is he thinking? What is he going through as he's trying to find his way as a young kicker in this league?
6: What do you think he's thinking? He's probably in survival mode. I mean, I don't want to put words in his mouth. I haven't uh, talked to him personally about this. I know from my experience, it was simply, what am I going to do this week to get the job done so that I have a job the next week? And so you're really just trying to survive and figure things out as you go. Uh, we're all going to miss kicks. It happens to the best of them. You just hope you don't miss the wrong ones. And, uh, you know, I think he's he's shown he's got it in his DNA to rise to the occasion in the big moment. And that doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to make everyone. But uh, the fact that you can make one shows that you can do it again. So he's he's going to just need to put his head down, go to work, ignore all the noise. I'm sure he's tired of hearing about me every time he misses a kick, people bring it up and uh, you know, I had to hear about Matt Stover and a guy that I went to his high school. So I didn't seem like, like I could ever outrun his shadow. But uh, that's part of being in this league. Uh, when you have one of 32 jobs in the world, uh, a lot of pressure goes with it. And that's why you just got to find your routine, be confident in what you're doing and then go to work. And they'll let you know when it's all over how well you did.
4: Phil, let's talk about uh, you. you just said about your routine. Um, what is your mental um, preparation? What does that look like when you're in the off season or during the week of how you mentally prepare is a meditation? Is there a, a, a list of things that you go through a checklist <laughs> mm-hmm. or are you just out there, just, I'm going to go out there and kick it and see if it goes in.
6: You know, I, I, <coughs> I think I have a rather unique approach to that or had I'm an old has been now, so I shouldn't, I shouldn't talk in, uh, in current tense, but. Uh, I chose to approach the mental side by just conditioning the physical. Uh, I never found a technique that I could calm my mind or be totally relaxed or even totally confident. And I know that gets a lot of attention and maybe for some guys that works. But uh, for me, I was just going to grind physically. And uh, my preparation, I know, albeit as a kicker, and that, that probably makes a lot of people chuckle, how hard I worked physically, but that was how I handled the nerves. I had a routine, I had a preparation, almost like a pre-flight checklist. I'd go through each week getting ready for a game. Uh, even during the game, I had a sideline routine I would go through, and so I was constantly doing something physical, focusing on whatever it was.
2: Looks like he did oh, that.
6: There, yes. go. there you the go. When the moment came up and I had to make a kick, all that physical preparation would kick in, that muscle memory would kick in, mm-hmm. and uh, regardless of what my mental state was, all that training would show up when I needed it to.
0: Phil, let's talk about one of your former teammates, Ray Bubba Ventrone, who I believe you played 6 years with both here and then you guys went together to San Francisco I think the same year if I remember correctly. Is that right? Did you guys go the Absolutely. same year? Absolutely. Yeah, and so obviously he was a special teams ace. You're the kicker. I'm assuming you guys know each other well. What is and He did a great job as, as the special teams coach in Indianapolis. We're, we seem, we're excited about him coming, but you know him better than, than we do. What, what can you tell us? It's a slam
6: dunk. It's a slam dunk <coughs> 10. Uh, best hire I've seen in a long time. I mean, I, I'm a huge Bubba fan, both as a teammate and now seeing what he's done in the league as a coach, it, it doesn't surprise me a bit. Uh, And I think the aspect that he's going to bring to that room other than his knowledge and experience is uh, he's he's a special teams guy. He came into the league undrafted. He had to fight and scratch just to find a spot. And uh, he had to take advantage of those limited opportunities as a player to make a difference and keep a job. And I think most of the room that he's going to be talking to are guys that are just in that profile. And so there's going to be an ability to relate to the room Guys are going to respect him both as a coach and as someone who's done it. He's not asking them to do anything that he hadn't personally done in his life. He's still young enough to relate to these guys. And let's be honest, the NFL is a young man's game now. Uh, So I think it is a 100% slam dunk and uh, I can't wait to see what he does there with the special teams. Hey that's,
3: Phil, you,
4: you That's fo- what we you, want to
6: hear, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> hey, Phil, you you follow the Browns. What do you what is your impression of the direction the Browns are going?
6: It's better for sure. Uh that doesn't mean we're all not frustrated at times. Uh but you know in, in my time there we just never could quite to get our footing. Uh, we are constantly changing our front office structure or the the scheme that we would run on defense we'd go from a three four to a four three and obviously you got to build a roster that reflects that and we're changing coaches all the time i mean it was just constantly changing it it feels like just from a from an outsider's perspective that we're at least starting to find our footing obviously there's growing pains and we'd all like immediate results but seems like the uh, the organ And uh, hopefully, like starting now, as a Browns fan now, hopefully that starts showing up and they can start building year in, year out and making progress.
2: Hey, Phil, uh, top three most difficult stadiums to kick in. And if Cleveland's not in the top three, where does it rank?
6: Well, Cleveland's two, for sure. And if it wasn't for Chris Powell and his grounds crew, it'd probably be number one. (laughs) Uh, Chicago was my house of horrors and i think a lot of kickers would uh would back me up on that you know the thing chicago has that cleveland doesn't is a terrible field and uh footing is such a huge issue to what we do i mean i tell people imagine swinging a or watch tiger woods when he's swinging a a golf club and his plant foot or one of his feet slips in his swing you know generally the ball doesn't go where you want well imagine kicking a ball and as you come in with your kicking leg swinging through all of a sudden your plant foot slides i mean mm-hmm. it, it's tough yeah so uh that's what makes chicago so difficult cleveland's a close second and you know the whole great lakes region is kind of the uh the uh the death of kickers i mean green bay's tough buffalo's tough but you'd be surprised you get in some of these southern cities tampa bay for example is uh, incredibly difficult uh, their end zones or you know, where that pirate ship is. They're, they're real low. The wind gets in there. They share the field with a college field. So it's generally torn up. Old Candlestick Park in San Francisco. You know, I thought when I got over there, man, I'm going to be in California. Things are going to be so much easier. And I, I, was, uh, I was mistaken on that. So you'd be surprised some other places. But generally, if there's wind and bad footing, it's going to make for a challenging day. It's
0: amazing, but not surprising how you remember all these years later now. Yeah. You still remember all these details. <laughs> so I, I,
6: I, mean, I try to forget, guys, but <laughs> it's just it burned in years.
0: I'm curious your take you know, uh, on another one of your former, former teammates, Tim Couch. Tim uh, joined us a weekly during the football season. I'm curious from your perspective, if Tim had ended up in a better situation, if he had been on a veteran team with, with better talent around him on the offense, and, and obviously he hadn't had all the, you know, the injuries obviously killed his career. How good do you think he could have been in the NFL?
6: I think he could have been tremendous. I mean, and unfortunately, kind of what I talked about earlier, just the Browns never could quite seem to find their footing. We had a long to do pretty well in other places where the organization had an identity and there's more structure in place. So I think Tim was just wrong place, wrong time. Uh, I think Colt McCoy was another guy that kind of falls into that. And I could go on and on about guys who were more than capable to be quality starters in this league, but it was just the wrong time, wrong place. And when you get a window to be a starter in this league and it doesn't work out, you're generally uh, cast, more into the backup role from that moment on for the rest of your career phil what is
2: it about uh i don't maybe i'm just making this up uh i've been longtime friends with jay feely i've golfed with him a lot i've talked to him about this are you a big golfer used to be okay i used to be the old
6: the old body doesn't bend the way it used to so i've kind of given it up
2: i know what you're talking about um it seems like golfers or excuse me, that, that so many kickers are also great golfers. And I'm, I'm wondering what the correlation is. Obviously, you're swinging something and you're hitting an object that's standing still. Um, what is the correlation between those that can strike a golf ball well and, and kicking a football the way you want to?
6: Yeah, I think there's coordination. I mean, uh, if, if kicking was always about the strongest guy, we'd have the nose guard kick. Uh, if it was all mental, we'd have Albert Einstein kick. Right, so there's right. a combination of the mental and the physical. Uh, and, and I think the uh, the approach to a, a single moment, you know, in golf, those guys, you, you when you watch a tournament on a Sunday and it's coming down on the back nine, I mean, they take a couple minutes per shot. I mean, everything in their life is about that one swing that's in front of them. And, you know, the life of a kicker, that's it. I mean, you do all this work all year long and it comes down to 30, 35 times you trot out on the field, uh, for a season. So just being familiar with the significance of a moment and how your ultimate focus needs to be all about on that moment. And the really good kickers are the ones that can devote that. And then they clear it, they move on and then they commit fully to the next one. And it's a pretty miserable existence to be honest. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. uh, You can go out and make a big kick in the first quarter, and and the mistake a lot of young guys make is they think, wow, I'm having a good game here, and then they forget they have three or four more kicks the rest of the game. So it's a constant battle to just get ready for the next opportunity, and the golf demands that, kicking demands that, and I think that's why a lot of guys are at least halfway decent at getting out on the links and being able to put the ball around a little bit. Phil,
0: I'm curious your take on at the end of last season – Brett Maher, I think, I can't remember how to pronounce his last name, the kicker on the Cowboys, right? This guy had a great season. He was one of the best kickers in football, top five probably last year. And then in the playoff game, he misses four extra points in a row. He does make the fifth, but then in the next playoff game, he misses the first one. I I mean, I can't remember you ever having that kind of day. I can't imagine, but (laughs) like what's that? You know, this is not some rookie who's never done it before. This is a, you know, he's not the old kicker, but he's, but he's good. He's proven what, give me your, take, take me into his mind if you can with what happened to him at the end of the year. And can he, that's a great, that's a
6: great question. And, and, you know, the, the popular analysis was uh, it went straight to the middle Mm -hmm. and I'm not denying that that didn't have a, have a factor in it, but what have we already talked about in this little interview? We talked about uh there's not many people out there that can coach kicking and even beyond that it has to be specific to where you do this well where where did mar have most of his success all season long it was it it was on a nice firm field yep. inside yep. and then all of a sudden you get in the playoff games and what was one of the stadiums i've already uh, said was tough That's tampa right. bay tampa so all bay. of a sudden you're out on the grass, it's late in the year, it's soft, it's a completely different rhythm and feel and timing and everything to what you're accustomed to. And maybe he built a technique that allowed him to kick really well on a fast, firm track. All of a sudden, you're on a soft, sloppy track, and your rhythm gets off. And now you now you don't get the result you want. Now, now the mind game starts uh, in there. We've all done it on T shot. You know, we've duck hooked the first three holes, and so mm-hmm. now we start trying to account for the duck hook and then we slice one the other way and now we don't even know what to do (laughs) uh the following week they go to san francisco late in the year i spent four years there they do a decent job on that field but late in the year it gets soft it gets chewed up so once again kind of the same thing so when you've built a technique that allows you to be excellent in one environment that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be able to handle all environments and i'll be honest late in my you know i'd i'd get going and i halfway had cleveland figured out and then we'd go somewhere perfect we'd go to a dome and i struggled a little bit in arizona to be honest here i am on a perfect field with no wind and all of a sudden i was starting to struggle because i spent so much of my career building a technique that could handle
2: we keep icing the kicker Mm -hmm.
6: that's great (laughs) physical (laughs) breaks down then the mental starts kicking in
2: Let me ask you this. I imagine it's different between every kicker and every kick, but if you had to, as a baseline rule, what percentage of kicking is physical and what percentage of kicking is mental?
6: Oh, it's hard to, it's hard to separate it, but I will tell you uh, if I were to work with a young kicker and I tell mine here at Hyde Park high school in Austin, where I'm coaching now, it's not about your best kick. It's about your worst kick. So let's, let's build a technique that is repeatable and simple. And even on your worst kick on your worst day, you have a chance of getting your job done. And when your worst kick still somehow makes its way through those posts, now you got a career.
2: Interesting. McNuggets, our producer, has a question for you. He was a wannabe kicker. He's very small, little guy. So really the only sport he or the only position he could play in football was kicker, but I'm sure he has some kind
1: of question about that. No, I actually played left tackle the one year of football I played. got my ass kicked every single You were play. never a left tackle, McNuggets. No, I swear to God, it was terrible. Bro. I played one year of football. I hated it so much I never played again. But, uh, Phil, I actually have two questions for you. One's a coaching question. One's about your time with the Browns. Dequell Jackson comes on the show every week, has become a good friend of the program. And I know you played with Dequell for quite a while. What's the relationship between a kicker and the other guys in a locker room? Because I know special teams is kind of its own unit. But was there assimilation? And if you have it the quell story, we'd love to bust his balls for it next time he comes on.
6: <laughs> yeah, I would say for most kickers, uh, and it's their own fault, uh, they kind of isolate themselves and they kind of do their own thing. And as a result, there's not much of a bond with the rest of their teammates. It uh, doesn't make them bad guys, but that's just kind of the typical deal. And I think that's why you see, uh, especially – Like take, for example, in that Dallas game where Mara ran into some issues in the playoffs, you saw the sideline not handling it real well. Like the guys don't mind that you do that until you don't play well. Uh, I chose both because I thought it was a smart choice and also it was just the way I wanted to go. I wanted to be one of the guys. And so every opportunity I had to integrate with the rest of the team be in the weight room with them, be out on the field running sprints with them, just be engaged as much as humanly possible. Uh, you know, I one of the great joys of my career looking back was the relationships I had with guys like DeQuell and, and others and being able to be a team cap. Now when I was kicking them sideways... As painful as that was, when I came to sideline, I, got a, I had a bunch of dudes who knew it was important to me that I did everything I could to be ready to do my job, and at least side, the sideline was a safe place for me to go as opposed to just hanging out, playing Madden all day and never working out and kind of doing my own thing. Now you come to the sideline after hitting one sideways, and that's probably the last place on earth you want to go.
1: And, Phil, one more quick one. I, I spent four years in Texas covering high school football down there before coming up here. I know you're coaching down in Austin now what's more nerve wracking lining up for a game-winning <laughs> kick or getting ready to prepare for Fort Ben Christian Academy in the playoffs <laughs>
6: Woo, man it's uh it's similar but at least a kick is only a moment in time now as a coach I'm nervous all the time I mean I there's not a night that goes by I'm just wondering what happened today that's uh gonna get find its way to my desk tomorrow so uh it's a it's a it's a full-time job being a coach. It's awesome. It's a great opportunity. I love every minute of it, but, uh, man, they're both, they both can get at you pretty good.
0: How realistic is Friday night lights there, Phil? Is it, is it close?
6: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's pretty accurate. Uh, it's, uh, it's just is what it is when you grow up in Texas, most kids when they lay in bed as an early, you know, young child, they just dream about Friday nights. And to be honest, Uh, most dads dream about that for their boys as well and so I'm trying to do as much as I can to give our community here at Hyde Park a Friday night experience they can look forward to and and uh, we're able to turn things around in year one and had a a great season but we still got a long way to go and hey that's the life right like just just like I said you make a kick guess Mm -hmm. what you got another one coming so we're we're taking that mentality as a program and we're going to put our head down and go to work, and they'll let us know how well we did.
4: Man, you sound just like a high school coach.
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah, man.
2: Phil, two That's questions, it. and it might be the same answer. Greatest kicker ever, and you've got one kick, the biggest kick in the world to win a Super Bowl. Who do you want? Is that the same guy? And who is it?
6: Yeah, it's, it, you know, it, it's interesting. Uh, Adam. Vinatieri would definitely be the answer to the second question. Uh, I think he proved the bigger the moment. I mean, there was no doubt he was going to make it. Uh, at, but your first question, Adam was not the greatest kicker ever, and I know I'm going to get run out of town for To uh, make those big kicks. He was just going to find a way to get the job done. And, you know, I got to spend a year with him. When I was on the practice squad in New England, and I think of all the things I learned from him, that was the thing that stuck with me the most and proved most beneficial for me playing somewhere where you literally had to figure out a way to make the next kick. So that's an aspect of being a kicker. I think doesn't get looked into enough or valued enough is, is the dude a competitor. I mean, go back and watch him in little league baseball. Was he the guy that got the big hit when his team needed it? or, you know, in basketball, was he taking the charge in the lane when it had been easier to just step out of the way and give up two points? You know, there's, you're out on an island. You got the whole world looking at you. You got a, a you're playing in an environment where most people just expect you to make it and don't appreciate how difficult it is. You better have some mental toughness mm. and some competitiveness to you uh, to get the job done. So, Adam, definitely uh, game on the line. I want him. And then, best kicker ever i mean i'll just go with the numbers uh justin tucker he's rewriting the record books continues to just pour those kicks in and uh we'll we'll see if he can keep it up for another decade but he's well on his way to being by far the best kicker ever
0: phil if if every kicker in the nfl today had to punt and every punter had to be a kicker which group on average would have more success Kickers. (laughs)
6: Kickers. <laughs> for sure. I guess I should have figured that no, one. Yeah. Hey, there's there's a little something to it. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think most kickers, the, the biggest struggle most kickers would have, in all honesty, is just catching the snap and all the ball handling that takes place to punt the ball. I mean, that's an aspect of punting that doesn't get valued enough. I, I would argue that your hands are the most valuable asset for any punter. Uh, hmm. But most punters are longer lever type guys they're the four iron in your golf bag Mm -hmm. and that's what allows them to do that but long longer lever guys struggle with accuracy kicking the ball that's why most really accurate kickers are like five ten and a half to six foot uh there's obviously exceptions to that but uh, i think punting a ball here and there a short guy like me could probably get the job done we're going to hit a lot of bad ones for sure but we (laughs) could probably do that a big tall guy is going to be able to boom punts but when you ask him to uh hit a field goal between two yellow posts, he's going to struggle. He may be able to kick it a long way, and that's why a lot of punters are kickoff guys. But uh, the accuracy piece would prove problematic. So uh, as biased as I am towards kickers, I do think kickers could probably punt a little better than punters could kick.
4: I agree with that. Makes sense. You know, Phil, one of the most underrated things of of the kicking game is like the snap in the hole. Like when I was coming up going through, going to, you know, camps, Um, it was the first place where coaches used to say, Hey, if you can snap, we'll give you a full scholarship. And I said, what? They're Like, yeah, if you can snap it, you gotta, you gotta be fast now. Um, and then it was just like, you know, they started giving guys full rides and then you couldn't even hit the snapper. Mm. So we would have, we would have the long snapper. He was on Mm. our team full shout out to Brandon Swagger, by the way, I don't know where you're at, but, uh, he got, he was one of the first dudes that I, I was like, man, so you don't do nothing. It was like, yeah, you can't hit me anymore. <laughs> so um, th- between that and the hold, now the hold is key because they, sometimes punters do it and sometimes the backup quarterback does it. Uh, I mean, when I was growing up, did, did, do the backup quarterbacks really just, is that innate or are they practicing that all the time with you guys? Now it's the punters. Well,
6: now it's yeah. the punters. That's a, that's a great question because when I came in the league, if you made 75% of your kicks, you were considered – Doing a good job. And that was right at the end of uh, backup offensive linemen being the snappers. And then all of a sudden, it became 85%. And I attribute that growth or that 10% growth in success rate to NFL teams finally recognizing how important it was to have a quality snapper. And that's wow. when you start seeing crazy, right? roster spots going to just snappers. And as snappers have gotten better, Kicking percentages continue to go up through the roof, so I think it's undeniable to uh, say that the the battery doesn't matter. And in my opinion, you got to have two out of three that are really good at what they do. You know, if you have a really good snapper and holder, you can have an average kicker. Uh, But whatever combination it winds up being, two of those guys have to be uh, really good. And as you got away from the backup quarterback holding, and now went to the punter. That only made it better, and people are like, "Well, what's the big deal there?" Well, what did I say the most valuable skill set for a punter is? It's his hands. So obviously, you got a guy that he's used to catching a snap. He can catch it, put it down, and it allows you practice time. Mm. Uh, Think about when the backup quarterback's over there doing offense all day. What's the kicker doing? I mean, he doesn't have anyone to kick with. So now all of a sudden, you got the punter holding. Now you open up all that time during practice for the snapper the holder and the kicker to get that rhythm together
2: that's fascinating last question phil if we took you out to a football field right now Mm -hmm. and we put you at the 40 yard line 10 kicks how many do you make and what's your range right now
5: if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this off season look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast
4: I just leave you hanging like that.
6: <laughs> no, we, I, you know I tell people. Uh, wait, wait,
2: Phil, we lost you for a second because your signal froze, so I didn't get your answer. No, <laughs> I said,
6: are those kicks in Cleveland?
2: Yes, yeah. absolutely.
6: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I could probably still make most of them. Wow. Um, yeah, I. But but the thing is, I might not be able to walk for about three days. <laughs> <after the fact. laughs> I do That's have a great. goal. I do have a goal. I just turned 48 and I've always wanted to say I can still make a 50 yarder when I'm 50. Wow. So I'm actually going to start stretching again. I'm going to start messing around. I'm thinking about making it a big fundraiser deal. So I have to let you guys know, I'm, yeah, I'm canceling the whole event. 100%. If, uh, if I get going and it's it's bad, but if there's any way I can still do it, uh, I'm going to try to get out there in a year and a half or right, so we'll and, and see what happens. We'll call it
2: 50 at We're 50 in. and we will be the That's primary it. media sponsor. We'll we'll drum up a ton of dough do for play you Let's do play-by-play for it. Oh, we gotta it's on production T V, right? Well
6: maybe I should come up there and do it. Yes. Yes.
2: Listen we'd love to have
1: you Phil.
6: You, I'm betting you tell no, I us would when. bet all on Phil. You tell 100% us when makes it.
2: we'll do a fifty at fifty and we will telecast it live and we will help you raise a ton of money for whatever charity you want.
6: Yeah. Well we really? might even get DraftKings going on and I'm sure there'll be some people wagering what what's going to happen. you're a genius, You're a genius. And listen, I
2: don't know who the hell it was that did yeah, that awful that promotion at the half, at the Super fan Bowl. Dual. Fan duel with the Gronkowski. It looked like it looked like it was CGI. That was good. And then they said the kick was no good, but it looked I, like think, it it. Was, it. I yeah. think he made it. I think he made it too. I don't know what the hell that yeah. was, but we'll get it right. 50 at 50. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Phil, that's awesome, Thanks, man. Thanks, Phil. Great to catch good up job. with you. Thanks, we guys. Will, we will talk with you soon, I promise you.
6: <laughs> Go Brownies. Absolutely.
2: Go Brownies. The great Phil Dawson. I bet, I wouldn't bet against him either. I though. learned more about kicking in the last half hour I than too. I ever my mm-hmm. I think, in my entire life. I did, too. And you know what's interesting is he said that when back in the day when he yeah. came in the league, 75% was good. Where was Cade York? 75%. There was a lot of talk this year about... The holder for the Browns, right. and that how the kickers at the different stops that he's been and held for had struggles. Although Jay Feely said he the, putter, the holder was not to blame. Jay Feely told me some things in yeah. our little text chat that um, that's was, not privy. To <laughs> the, yeah, to the, to the, he's you not going to. Doesn't it's a it's a club, okay? <laughs> well, we'll see right. I get yes, that, and you I know, get But that. Phil did make a good point. You got to be patient
0: with the kickers. You got to mm-hmm. give them a little time, which the Browns are. certainly yeah. he's got to he's got to show improvement in year two,
2: no yeah. doubt. Yeah. But, but he gave uh, us insight, like you said. Yeah. The holder, the, out of the, three. the hands. The, yeah. You've got to have two out of three. And I, but this, the,
0: the, I never thought about the fact that the punter could spend way more time with the kicker practicing than the backup quarterback had. Yeah. That never occurred to me. Sure. Even though he says it, and, oh, yeah, of course, that's obvious. But yeah, when we were kids, it was always the backup and, kicker, and quarterback. that's
2: why you have a designated snapper. Right, like that's all Charlie does for the Browns. If he was busy running reps and practice, yeah. that's taking away time from that unit. Well, think about
0: it, Think about this too, because the he said it used to be a backup offensive lineman, right? Right. Think about that. I don't know. You guys probably don't remember this, but in the first game this season between the Bengals and the Steelers, the Bengals. I oh, know. I do remember it. The Bengals' long snapper got hurt. Yeah, and then they kicked an extra point, which Bengals attempted an extra point that was the first kick without the long snapper, an extra point to which would have won, would have won the, game the game for the Bengals. Then they missed a couple of kicks in overtime. Right. Would have won they, Eventually, they stopped kicking because because the long snapper was hurt. So, you think, it's well, probably. any any lineman should be able to go in and do it. But no. Yeah. And it makes sense to, that the improved field goal percentage, as he points out, is not a Probably not even that much about the kickers. It's more about the long snapper and the holder, which is fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, I,
3: what I find interesting was when he said, when you asked about um, giving advice to Kate York, he like he doesn't need me in his ear. He doesn't no, know, no, right? no, yeah. he needs no, need to find out and, and he's right. on right. Yes, that's right. He's
2: right. But he, at the very first question we asked yeah. was, why don't all teams have specialists coaching these guys? I was fascinated to hear him say there's probably only three guys in the world that are qualified to, to be it. able to do that yeah. with any kicker. And it's the same thing with Swing Coach, by the way. Yeah. When Tiger Woods was with Butch Harmon, I don't want to get too down this rabbit hole, but when he was with Butch Harmon, he had by far the most success he's ever had. Then he fired Butch, and what happened? With now, myriad he's, of guys. he's been great since, but he's never been the consistently great golfer he was. And Butch takes great pride in sitting back and saying I
4: am the magic bullet I, I and he is with the golf swing yeah. widely regarded as the guy. It's almost like, you know, financial advisors. Everybody got a guy, right? But yeah, so you just, have the right guy Yeah, just because he made you some money in the second quarter does not mean you going to break even for the year. Everybody got a guy everybody, and then some people think they're going to do it they
2: yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot to it, man. It's so nuanced. That was here. that was really that was great one of the insight. more
0: enlightening interviews. And now we know had. why they don't hire kicking coaches. And he made the great point of saying, "I'm sure Kate York's here, sick of hearing about me." Yeah, yeah. he and and you know what? That's
2: it's great awareness. He would for be him to great, great on TV in the Jay Feely role. Unbelievable. He'd be phenomenal. Unbelievable. Now. I think the one reason he's he is a homebody. He wants to stay in Texas. Yeah. He probably could co- find something to do with oh, the NFL. 100%. He's clearly articulate.
4: He, he knows the game. He loves coach. You, you know, either you a college coach or you're high school. Some people love that. You can yeah. tell he loves high school. He's not, he, he basically wants to his say, blood. He said, I ain't, I ain't got They no were really that. good yeah, Right, right, I guess have like, yeah, yeah,
1: what was their record? They were eight and three. They lost in the first round of the playoffs. They got okay. boat race. But by they were team bad that- the year
0: before? His no, they, I mean, took over.
1: he took over a pretty good team, but he, he kept the standard up. They went 8-3. and three. He was nominated for the private school coach of the year in Texas wow. this year. Wow, okay. interesting. Uh, alongside Jason Witten, by the way, also oh, wow. nominated really? for that Jason Witten's coaching at a huh. school Well, can you
2: imagine the advantage they'd have when it comes right. to recruiting and, and bringing players
1: into Seeders. that program. Cedars, one, no, one last thing
0: that he mentioned that we didn't hit on here real quick. He just – could he like Ray Ventron anymore?
2: No, I know. He said – He was so excited about that. Ten out of that, ten. Huh? Yeah. And, and we've all – you know, ex- we were all excited about it. Excited but about Phil it, but Dawson tells you it's great. It's great. You feel good yeah. about it. Um, and things. we got to stay on the fifty at fifty. I'm telling. I know it's two years away. Uh, that would be but amazing. That could be a huge We've
0: fundraiser. We gotta send an email
1: about it. that's so. great. The fans fantastic. love
2: Phil Dawson.
0: They do love, love
1: Phil Dawson
4: like no kicker has ever been loved. Maybe it's crazy. Yeah, it's, I mean, he it's he just hit, crazy. He hit field goals that was impossible. <laughs> like the, that, that Buffalo game where it was snowing outside. Yeah. Like I think Dustin played in that How
3: game. Yeah, he did. How about he said the worst? I mean, Cleveland is the second worst place.
0: Yeah, me. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know what
1: ahead. helped Phil Dawson with that fifty for fifty? Built bars. I'd built bars. Built bars. Ah! get Phil Dawson on that built bar diet. The man still works it out, he's still in the way with his team, but his entire team and Phil could get that extra boost of fifteen grams of protein. If they get built bars using promo code Lockdown fifteen at built.com, com, they can be the swollest private school in all of Texas. And also <laughs> on Fridays friends. we do viewer questions on our overtime. We didn't get to them all last week so we're gonna finish those viewer questions today on our overtime segment if you are not already a member of the ultimate cleveland sports show what are you waiting for for a yeah. buck 99 a month you get loyalty badges custom emojis member only community posts for 4.99 a month that's less than five bucks a month less than 60 dollars for an entire year you get all those same starter tier perks plus the overtime videos member shout outs discount codes from merch and more jason lloyd text during some of these Cavs games back and forth with the viewers Next, he's doing Monday, March 6th against the Celtics. Be We've already game. seen some classic Celtic Cavs games. Hopefully, round four will be just as entertaining, and Jason will be texting with our uh, coaches tier members for that as well. So, if you haven't already, sign up.
5: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.